Good morning, church family. Good morning. Oh, that's pretty good. So good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. And if you are a guest in the house, we welcome you also today. And uh, if you would, I would appreciate if you fill out a care card, as well as our church members. We had probably maybe 10 or 12 cards last week, which is picking up. And uh, I thank you very much for that. Okay, I don't like announcements. But it's part of the deal. But I want you to take out your bulletin and all these pretty colored pieces of paper. Okay? And now, uh, if I mess up, there she is. You help me. Where's your paper? Okay, I got it. Another thing we need to do right quick. The choir has been gone for over a year. Could we just welcome the choir? Amen. We even got new faces. What, what's going on? That's Gail Bibb trying to stir up things with Lynn. <laughs> all right. First of all, let's look at the yellow or whatever you call that color. Okay. Easter morning breakfast, April the 4th. The time is not right for that, okay? So in order to uh, straighten that part out, somewhere or another, somebody help me where that is. I, I know, I know, but I want them to see it. I don't want, oh, yes, it's, it's within the uh, white paper where your prayer list is. So you read that, resuming services as follows. Easter Sunday morning, 7 a.m. is sunrise service. Uh, I'll be out here in the parking lot. They should be by that uh, sometime this week. Hopefully the cross will be up. And uh, it has it's covered with chicken wire. And so anytime this week or prior to Easter morning and Easter morning, if you want to bring a flower or whatever and stick it in that uh, chicken wire so we can... Uh, cover that entire cross with flowers, okay? And you're welcome to make pictures with your family uh, before service or uh, after the service. So that's the schedule we're going by. Sunrise service at 7. 745 uh, is the church-wide breakfast. Now, we're back to this piece of paper right here. Put your, I would love for you to do this today. While you got it in your hand, while it's fresh on your mind, if you plan to come for the breakfast, put your name on there and how many is attending with you. Because we're going to prepare a breakfast. And if you don't sign up, there will not be a breakfast prepared for you, okay? So please do that because we don't want to waste food, but we want to have um, enough. Okay, I think that's enough said about that. Now the green paper... This has to do with our Wednesday night meals. Now, somebody help me with that. Uh, where is that? Okay, I see it. April the 7th, 5.45. That's on the white paper. Um, at 7.45, uh, excuse me, 5.45 is the Wednesday night meal. 6.45 will be the activities such as our Bible study. And we usually, we do our Bible study in the fellowship hall around the, uh, the tables in there. So, again, this is very important. We want to have enough food 
for you if you plan to come. Again, put your name down on that. It's $5 for uh, adults. Children 6 to 13 is only 4 Children six and under is free, but no family pays more than a total of fifteen dollars for the meal, and uh, it's listed there what we have, what we plan to do um, for the meal also. Yes, Danny. On your way out today, please. I would appreciate if you'd fill those out today, so we can collect them. And uh, you not forget of uh, what we're doing, what's going on. Okay, this white piece of paper where your prayer list is on there. Uh, notice our deacon ministry. Now, if you don't know who your deacon is, um, you need to find your name as far as alphabetical order there. And then you look across and you should be able to see uh, who your deacon is. Um, not today, because I don't want to take any more time than I have to, uh, but I want to, in, in the next Sunday or two, I want all of our deacons uh, to stand before you and tell you who they are, because, listen, I want you as a congregation to know who your deacon is, okay? And deacons, you have a list of who your people are, and I want to hear tell that you are contacting your people, you understand? Also, if your people said, I ain't heard a word from my pastor, I expect you to tell me. Okay? I'm trying to call everybody, but not everybody's number that's in that deacon thing is workable. So that's another thing you need to do. If you want your number on there to where I can contact you or our deacons contact you, fill out the care card and say, here's my contact number. Okay? Because it's so aggravating, it takes time to call all these numbers, and you call the number, and it says it's been disconnected. Now, I know that you're doing away with house lines and just have cell phones, which that's all Lynn and I have. So it's okay, but I just want us to have a great year uh, of being co uh, communicating with one another, praying for one another, loving each other, inviting guests, and uh, seeing to it that our guests are made welcome. Also, on the back of the bulletin, and I promise you, I hope I won't be done. On the back of the bulletin at the bottom, Annie Armstrong, on 3-14-21, we received $355. Annie Armstrong to date is $470. Our goal is not 800 and whatever is wrote down there, okay? Our goal is $1,700, okay? Now, here is a challenge that's been presented to me, and I like the challenge. Not everybody probably is, is receiving the stimulus check. But I want to challenge all of us. Lynn and I get one. Uh, we hope. If it don't, it's okay. Uh, I want to challenge all of us to tithe at least 10% off of that stimulus check and give it to Annie, uh, to, uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering, and that will go over our goal. I want us to reach our goal, and to go over it would be even better. So that's my challenge to you. Uh, the Bible teaches tithing, and if you don't believe in it, then ask me. I'll show you in the Scripture where it, it talks about tithing, giving what God has given to you. Okay, does anybody else want to run their mouth a little? I just want to say that the choir will start meeting 
on April the 7th, that Wednesday night at 645, we're, we're still going to let the choir start singing congregational hymns for the next couple Sundays. And then we're going to start doing something special. All right, I'm like Kenny. I don't like announcements either, but I want to make sure I don't leave anybody out. Hopefully the parents here have gotten or have received an email from me. Uh, but we are planning a youth mission trip for this summer at the end of July. I'd love to meet with the parents directly after the service. Again, hopefully you saw that in the email. Uh, but if you're watching online, you're not here, uh, obviously you can't be at the meeting. If you'll just get with me this week, I'll give you all the information. But uh, let's meet directly after service. Let's just meet in the choir room, if that's okay with everybody. We'll just meet back in the choir room, spread out whatever we need to do. And I'll share just a, a quick bit of information about this summer, and then we'll go on from there. Okay? Thank you. All right. I want you to know I love you. I just want our folk to know what's happening here. I don't like anybody to be in the dark, but everybody to be informed and be uh, wanting to be a part of what God's doing and going to do this year uh, in the life of First Baptist. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we put together some schedules. And Lord, we're not asking you to bless our schedule, but help us to be in step with what you're doing, to be in step with what you want us as individuals to do, because us as individuals, and then we put ourselves together collectively to do your will. Lord, I pray that every person in this room today would be willing to say, Lord, whatever you want out of me, I'm willing to do. It's not whether I'm capable or not, because you said you would supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Father, I'm counting on that. I want to be standing where you want me to stand. I want to be sitting where you want me to sit. And I want to be walking where you want me to walk. And it don't have to please me, but I want to please you. Lord, I thank you for the privilege you've given Lynn and I to serve this great church forever how long you want us to be here, Lord, that's what we want. And I pray for our guests today that you would bless them. Bless every home that's represented in this room today. Bless those that are watching today by, by uh, Facebook. Uh, I pray that you would just be with them in a special way today. We thank you for those that have returned today, Lord, that haven't been here in a while. Thank you for them. And I pray that you bless in this service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hymn 545, let us stand and we'll sing all three stanzas of Living for Jesus. <laughs> Oh. 
Amen. Thank you for the beautiful singing. I love the old hymns. It talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ who gave his all for me. You don't have to, but I invite you to come to the altar at this time for prayer if you'd like. Uh, Brother Ken Barton will be coming to lead us. And I think sometimes people say, well, you repeat the same thing over and over. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. The Bible says to pray about everything. The Bible talks about praying repetitiously. Keep on calling on God. So that's why every Sunday we need to be praying, lifting up our president, our vice president, our governor, our county, our state, the nation, the world, the virus, the vaccine, um, our doctors, our nurses, our teachers and students, our military, our law enforcement, our first responders, our farmers, our utility keepers, our music committee that's searching uh, for someone to lead our, our music, uh, our guest. And continue to pray for Brother uh, Stephen Thacker. He's doing good after uh, his hip surgery. Uh, also, Rowan Ogg. This is Carolyn uh, Batson's great-niece. Uh, also, that uh, bad wreck on Highway 11, um, Dean Swafford, it was his sister, uh, and two others was in that car. Uh, continue to pray for them. A, a horrible uh, wreck uh, that all took their lives away from them. Also, the, uh, the family of uh, Beulah Haney. Uh, also, we need to be praying for Tanya Kelly and the families of uh, Jamie uh, Charles, um, Hobie Turner, and Tony Blackwell. Uh, I understand that um, this train wreck in our town, I guess it was last, where's Darlene? Last night. Um, uh, you know, trains can't stop. And that's something you, that we, that we know no competition with, whether you're in a big truck or a big car or little car or walking. Uh, we need to pray for these families. Um, also, our guest speaker today, Brother Billy Burton, we want to pray for him as he comes to share uh, what the Gideons are doing in the world. Okay? If you want to join hands with someone, it's okay. And uh, Let's pray. Father God, again, it's a blessing to come into your house today, Lord, as believers, as we gather together. And Lord, what a blessing it is to see all the faces here today, some ones we haven't seen in a while, and especially some new ones. Let us never forget the reason we're here is to praise and worship you, for you're worthy of our praise. Father, we know that you're helping us through these troubled times and we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and yet we'll hear word that things are not over yet, Lord, but our confidence lies in you and we know that you will get us through. Father, another thing we need to remember, it's not just the religious practices, it is the relationship you are seeking with each and every person here today. And Father, I lift up anyone who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior that your word or anything said today or heard would open that eyes to come to you. 
Father, I want to thank you for uh, Brother Billy and again he and the others who do the work of Gideons. I can remember as a child the excitement of going to the county fair and the first place I wanted to stop was the Gideon booth and get my Bible. And many of us can remember that until still today they do that. But how important that word is, as I've seen uh, even work in the fire department, how people go to hotel rooms to plan to end their life, and yet your word would be in that counter or that drawer, and your spirit would work in a great way just to open it up to the right message that they need to hear in the lives that were saved and converted. So, Father, this is important work we need to remember and continue to support. Help us to be still and quiet today as your word is preached, as the message is said, and most of all, that we just glorify you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In number 540, take my life and lead me, Lord. Let us stand. <clears throat> Take my life, teach me, Lord. 
Amen. Thank you, Linda. All right. Brother Billy, you come on. Brother Billy Burton, he and I have been friends a long time. Uh, he is the daddy of Scott Burton. And uh, Billy and I, we've been on several mission trips together. And probably the biggest one was when uh, I got invited to go with them to Alaska. My goodness. But we had a lot of good time together. Been friends, like I say, a long time. I can count on Billy. And Billy is faithful. He's true. Uh, faithful to his church, faithful in his community, faithful uh, in the Gideons. And so, without further ado, Billy, you come, <clears throat> brother, and share with us what you need to, okay? God bless you, Thank you, Brother Kenny. I appreciate so much the opportunity to be here with you this morning. And I trust that you will pray for me. Within myself, I'm nothing. I am what I am through the goodness of God. So I don't want you to see me this morning. <clears throat> I want you to see Jesus. He's the one, the only one. And uh, I didn't come to preach now. I just I want to share some things with you about the Gideons. You know the Gideons. We've been around for 200, uh, for 140 years. So uh, 120 years, I'm sorry. So you know about us. But I just want to reiterate a few things and let you know what we're doing. Uh, we're an international uh, association of Christian business and professional men and their wives dedicated to telling others about Jesus and spreading his word through his word. God's word is powerful. And uh, I have a scripture I want to share with you. I believe it's on the screen maybe. But I want to read it. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. So God's word is what we base our activities on, and we trust that as we hand out a testament that it will find a resting place in someone's heart and come to know them. Uh, We've uh, placed over 2 billion scriptures in over 195 different countries. Uh, we've been at work, like I said, for over 120 years and uh, have over 260,000 members worldwide. So uh, God is blessing. Uh, he's blessing us as we work for him, and uh, that's what it's all about. It's not about us, but it's about God and about winning souls uh, to Jesus' kingdom. If we can win souls, Pastor, they'll come into the church. It's hard to get lost people to come into the church to be saved. But if we can reach them, uh, they'll come and find a place of worship. And that is our goal. We're not in competition with the church. We're an arm of the church, working with the church to help win people to Jesus Christ. That's our, that's our goal. <clears throat> I'm told that uh, yesterday at the convention... Uh, we had a goal of uh, $300,000 to buy scripture with. And Brother uh, uh, Walter back there shared with me this morning that that goal was exceeded, uh, raised $335,000. Hey, listen, we serve a big God. Uh, God has no limit. And, and uh, you've got a goal here, and I'm sure that you'll get that goal and exceed it. 
God is good. He's big. We limit him sometimes. But listen, God is big. I'd like to share some testimonies of, of uh, people that have read God's Word and come to know Him. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing what He's doing out there in the world. Uh, we're going to begin over in Russia. A young man by the name of Sergi uh, was in his last year of high school, and uh, Gideons came to their school and handed out testaments, and he received one, and he read a little bit in it, but uh, he says, this ain't for me. But... Uh, he, uh, he held on to that testament anyway. He carried it with him. And uh, he went into military service, and uh, he faced many obstacles and problems there. And one day he ran across that little testament, and he began to read some in it. And uh, the more he read, the more the Spirit began to deal with him. Gave his life to Christ through reading that little word, that little testament. As time went on, he got out of service, and of course the devil, you know, he's, he's going to work too. And uh, he tried to uh, trip him up and pull him down. He got involved with alcohol. But on his way down, the Lord picked him up, turned his life around, and uh, gave him something to look forward to. And uh, he uh, gave his life to Christ, and he says, the Lord forgave me and washing me with his grace. I like that. God's grace is sufficient for our every need if we'll just go to him. Washing me with his grace. God's mercy brought me to the local church. See? And he was able to begin studying at a university. Today he's a teacher and a counselor. And more important, he says, I'm a Christian that's growing in Christ Jesus. And I thank God that I received that little testament that day. God's word were not returned void. That was in Russia. We still are working in the United States, too. You know, it, it seems like that our country is going downhill, and it is in many ways. But God is on the throne, folks. Amen. He knows exactly what's going on. Hey, there ain't nothing that takes him by surprise. So... Just hang in there and be faithful to him. In uh, uh, Southern California, uh, that ain't the one I want. I know what it was. I was still in this page. In Washington, uh, Ann Burdell, she said, uh, after my husband's first presentation, a woman in the congregation came to her after the service and she uh, wanted to speak to her privately, and they stepped aside into a little Sunday school room, and she began to pour her heart out about her son having a fatal auto accident, and uh, she didn't know about his salvation. She, she, she was so worried about that, and, and uh, the lady tried to comfort her in, in as best she could, and, and uh, the youth pastor came to her and says, Don't worry about your son. Says he came to know Christ at our youth camp two weeks before he went out to meet the Lord. That's how important salvation is. We don't know when we're going out. And uh, she was going through his his uh, things in his uh, backpack, and she found a little testament. 
that he'd been given at school. And in the back of it, where it's got the plan of salvation, he had signed and dated it when he gave his life to him. God is so good. The lady went back home then. She gave her life to Christ. Says, I want to go meet him one day. Folks, I get a little emotional and I can't help it. This thing is bigger in me than, than I am. And it just, I can't help it. God is so good. He's so good to me. And if he's not good to you, you better check up. Because he is wonderful. Also, in uh, Texas, you know, Texas is big. Next to Alaska, it's the biggest state in the states. A lot of things come out of Texas, you know. But God works in Texas, too. And this Gideon, who was a teacher, asked God to... Says, give me a heart that weeps for the lost and opportunities to sow his seed. He says, every time I go out of the house, I take a little testament with me. And my prayer is that God will use this little testament to win somebody to Christ. So he took a little testament with him. He says, little did I know that this time it would be one of my former students, Dalen, who had asked for help on his Eagle Scout project. So Dalen and his father and uh, this Gideon worked all morning and uh, come time to take a break. You know, this this day and time we have to take a break in everything we do, you know. I mean, you can't work too long, too hard. Dalen's father brought up faith, knowing I was a Christian. And he says, I turned to Dalen, who was wearing a little cross on his neck. And I asked Dalen if he knew the significance of that cross. He said, well, I know that Jesus, they say, died on a cross, but I don't know how that it applies to me in any way. So he began to share with him. Took out that testament and began to read in it and share with him about God, about the cross, and uh, what Christ had done for him. After some discussion there, Dalen said that he really wanted to know this Christ that hung on that cross. He shared with him the plan of salvation. The boy accepted Christ as his Savior. He says, now a young believer who I taught so long ago has a new teacher who will lead him the rest of the way. Christ Jesus will go with us all the way. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll go with you all the way, all the way. I got a a personal one I want to share with you. If I can. I worked at the power plant up here for a number of years and Made some friends along the way, I think. But one man I worked with had a—he wasn't a Christian—and uh, his wife was a very faithful Christian. Played the piano in the church. Went to church every Sunday. He didn't go. 
I never have advertised my salvation. I feel like that we as Christians need to live it. I never discuss Christianity unless you bring it up. And if you open the door for me, then I'll walk in. And this man would do that. We'd be walking along together, working together, and he'd, he'd bring up something about religion. And I told him one day, you know, there's a big difference in religion and salvation. And, uh, but anyway, when, when he brought up the subject, I would, I would share with him so. And one day, you that have worked up there know what it is to be in a contaminated zone. You have to dress out and, and uh, do all of that. Well, he was inside the roped-off area, the contaminated area, dressed out, and I was on the clean side so I could hand him tools or whatever. And he began to talk about salvation. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, how is it with you? And he says, it ain't. And I said, well, what you need to do is go home and talk with your wife tonight. I wanted his wife to have the privilege of leading him to the Lord. You know, that's, that's, that to me was, was very special for her because she had worked and prayed with him, prayed for him. He says, Billy, what if I was to die before I get home? I said, you're right. I said, you could do that. You could die. You could have a car wreck. Anything could happen. I says, do you believe the Lord will save you right where you're at? He says, yeah. I says, well, now's the time. No time is like now. Now is all the time we have. Folks, you need to think about that. We're not promised the next breath. Life is one breath at a time. There's a song that says, Lord, give me one day at a time. He gives us one breath at a time. Life is fragile. It's like a thread. He can snap any moment. We had prayer there, and this old boy gave his heart to the Lord. He went home and told his wife. She called me all excited. And I... I tried to tell her, you know, I said, I wanted you to lead your husband to the Lord. She says, Billy, it wasn't meant to be that way. I gave him a Bible, put his name in it, and the date that he received the Lord. God is good. God can work. There's no barriers with him. He could work in that zone, contaminated. God is faithful and just to do just what he said he would do. He said he would save those that come to him. I will in no wise cast you out. God's word is powerful. And it will save to the utmost, the Bible says. And uh, I'll tell you, it's wonderful to be able to serve the Lord. And, and uh, as a Gideon, it's just an opportunity uh, to work for the Lord. And, and it's so wonderful to be able to hand somebody a copy of God's Word. God's Word is powerful. And to hand, him, hand out a copy of God's Word is so, so wonderful. You might be wondering, well, how can I help? Or what could I do uh, to uh, 
helping the Gideons work. There's work that we can all do and uh, pray. Prayer is a powerful thing, too, and we need your prayers. Pray for us. You can't go, but pray for those that can go, and, and that's a big help. Pray for us, that God will use us, and that he will place people in our lives, in our tracks, in our trails, that we can handle the word of God. And then giving, through your giving, that's a way to be a part of this great ministry. When you give into the church, you're a part of the ministry of this church. That's how important giving is, is, is to, to spread the ministry and to, and to help it work. It takes money to operate. So when you pay your tithes, the church is able to operate and function and carry on. When you give a free love gift to the Gideons, we're able to buy and print scripture. The little testament you, that you got in school costs a dollar and thirty-five cents to print that little book and send it anywhere around the world. That's a real investment. Many times we we read cases where a child received a testament at school and brings it home, and mom and dad read it and come to know the Lord, and the whole family comes to know the Lord. Hey, that's marvelous. That's wonderful. A little dollar and 35 cent investment, what it can do. The Bible that we place in hotel rooms, we're told that the, uh, there's, there's uh, the, uh, 2,300 that will read that Bible over the life of it in the motel room. Many people come to know the Lord through that Bible that's placed in a hotel room. God is so wonderful and so good. So your investment, only heaven will reveal what it's worth. We won't know in this life, but when we get home, we will. You know that song that says, Because you gave, I am here. Many people around the world because somebody gave, they're there. And it could be you that did the giving, you know. So through your giving, it's made possible. There's no administrative cost come out of, of your offering. It's all scripture. Use for scripture. I've enjoyed being here this morning. And I trust that in some way I've shared a little bit with you that that uh, helps you understand more about the Gideons and their work. And uh, it's, uh, it's always a privilege to be able to share. I enjoy uh, talking for my Lord and standing up for Him. And uh, Brother Kenny, you come and close the service as you see fit. But thank you again. God bless you. And remember to pray for us. While we're sharing testimonies, Lynn, you come. Um, she wants to share something with you that just recently happened and what God has done through that. I just have to share this. Um, most of you know Pat Bowman. She's been to church here with us. She was my principal for years, but she's very active at Townville Baptist Church. And I know you heard on the news about Jack Hunt having a boating accident. He was a pro bass fisher. 
and um, he was voting at Lake Secession. He was a student at Erskine, and um, he hit some debris, and the, his trolling motor hit him in the head and killed him. And uh, it's such a sad thing. I taught his dad, um, you know, and 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 just kind of watched him on Facebook grow. He, the grandchildren grow. Well, Kenny mentioned Mr. Alf. Uh, last Sunday because he talked to him the day that it happened but Pat called me this week and she said Lynn I've just got to share with you what happened her grandson is a student at Anderson University studying in Christian ministries and he has been a youth pastor at Townville and Jack was in his group they were very very close and um it came out on Facebook, I saw this, that he had on his, in his boat written on his dials, I guess it was his fish finder or speed limit or something, I don't know, Ray, whatever. But he had written scripture on that, and that just touched his mom and daddy's heart when they finally got the boat back. But um, go to Will. Will is a college student, and he lives in Townville. And uh, one of Jack's friends from high school came to, to Will's house and wanted to be saved. Through Jack's death, it touched his heart, and Will took him through the plan of salvation, and this is what just touches me. He wanted to be baptized that night, and they went to Hartwell Lake, and Will baptized him, and it was Will's first baptism. And you know, God is alive. You know, I I told Pat, Pat lost her husband through an accident, and we talked about how she could really minister to the Hunt family. But, um, you know, I said Jack's death would be worth it to him knowing that one person got saved. And she said, you know, that's what I keep telling myself about Jimmy. Jimmy's been gone about 10 years, but she said if one person got saved because of Jimmy's death, it would be worth it all. And that's the truth. And God is working mightily. He's working through the Gideons. The uh, Mr. Vince comes every year and gives good news, uh, gives our Good News Club the little Bibles. And, you know, I know our kids probably have several, but, you know, they're going to get passed on to other people, whether it goes to a thrift store. It doesn't matter. It's God's Word, and it's going to be shared. And we have such a mighty opportunity to witness and to live in front of people the way that we should. And I just I felt like you all needed to hear that story. Well, Brother Billy said he wasn't going to preach, but he did. He preached because he shared the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I, I was sitting there thinking, I thank God for the word, because if it wasn't for the word, I would have never been saved. And I thank God for the uh, gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says it is sharper than a two-edged sword. It can make an incision and never leave a scar because of the gospel if you're saved, it's because of the gospel. And uh, uh, Brother Billy didn't come to ask for money this morning, but I wanted to share with you, uh, if you want to give anything, where, where is Scott? Has he disappeared? He's counting. Okay, Keith, since you spoke up, uh, all right. All right, right now I want you to get up. I don't know where the offering plates are, but I want you to locate and listen. Need five men. Hurry up. I want five men. I want one at this door, one at this door, one at that door, that door in the middle. That's five guys, okay? So uh, let's get the plates. As you leave today, you don't have to give, okay? You don't have to give. But mainly, like he started out, pray for the Gideons. Listen, they, the Bibles they give out are free. You can't buy that Bible, okay? 
It's free. And make your check out to Gideon International. Okay, don't make it out to First Baptist. All right? Make it out to Gideon's International. And as you leave today, hey, if it's cash fine, if it's check, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, do this for the glory of God. All right? Uh, Brother Billy, thank you. Uh, for sharing and it's okay to get emotional when you're sharing about the word of God because the Bible says that Jesus wept okay and he was and is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ okay brother Dean's coming we're going to have a closing uh, hymn of invitation if you want to come you come if you're lost you need to be saved and right here's working out so I beg you to obey the Lord today uh, what are we singing, Brother Dean? I surrender all. I surrender all. Don't sing if you don't mean it. Because God will get a hold of you if you say, I surrender. I give it all to you. Okay? If you need to come, I beg you to come, Brother Dean.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we've had to worship you, Lord. We ask you to go with us now to our homes and our places of abode and bring us back to this place at our next point in time. Be with the ones that are sick and afflicted. Heal them according to your will. Comfort those that are bereaved and be with our nation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.